to the Crypto for Planners podcast, the most interesting CFP in the financial planning profession. Today, I am joined with Paul Farella of Willow and Willow Capital. He is a CDAA and he is actively uh, offering and, and giving advice on digital assets. And so we're here just to learn a little bit more about Paul. Welcome. Well, hey, nice to uh, see you and, and great to have, have me on board here. No, we we are very excited to to kind of dive into what Willow Crypto is doing to offer and advise um, clients on digital assets. So, you know, we're in the middle of a series right now where we're trying to share advisor stories. Um, you know, the good, the bad, the ugly. You know, just the the head scratching, all the things, right? Like the 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 hurdles, the obstacles, um, success, failure in offering digital assets. So, um, you know, we're really excited because I know, um, you know, Willow Crypto has, has really has grown in its ability to, to offer clients, different services. You guys have been actively having conversations with, with real clients about this stuff. And so um, I'm really excited, Paul, that you agree to, to kind of share your experience. So let's, let's just start with there. Like what, what was the thing that sort of drew you into financial planning and maybe even, um, digital assets in general? Sure. So I'd say it's two, two different stories, but they merge at some point. Uh, what drew me into planning sort of fell in here almost by default. Uh, I started my career in the financial services industry in 2009, right on the heels of the great financial crisis. So it was a very interesting time to step into this industry as a whole, as there was you know, a ton of distrust in in the industry, I mean, basically, uh, Main Street had to bail Wall Street out. So there was yeah. a lot of uh, bad feelings going around at the time. Uh, what was interesting, though, is that I was interning for a wealth management group at a bank. And what was so surprising was all the clients for uh, my boss was that they, they loved her. They, they had so much trust still. And so it was this really interesting juxtaposition of how you can have a financial advisor who really cares for you in you know, shepherds your assets in, in tumultuous times uh, and the difference that that can make with good communication and education and all these different things compared to a lot of the, um, well, not to knock on any more like broker dealer space or where it's more just about, okay, get you into these proprietary funds and that's the end of it. Sure. So it was a very um, unique start, I would say, to this industry. Uh, I've always had a passion for sort of like the environmental uh, approach, the ESG kind of things. And so mm -hmm. at the time, we were always looking for how do we incorporate that into this traditional space and a lot of greenwashing going on at the time. We ended up really leaning into that uh, early on back in the early 2010 space. Um, now I'd say that shifted a bit. Uh, over the years, though, you know, as we were always looking for uh, contrarian trades or just what um, what the future is going to hold, where is the innovation at? Uh, we had always had our eyes on this thing called Bitcoin, right? <laughs> and so it was around, say, 2016 or so when, you know, I had always been watching it, um, but I didn't really fall down the rabbit hole until then I had read the Ethereum white paper and, and it was just like all these dots were connected. And I was like, wow, this whole idea around smart contracts and the ability that they have to 
really disintermediate more than just money, but entire systems of coordination was like this yeah. huge light bulb going off that was like, wow, this really is the early stages of this disruptive technology that's going to impact everything. Um, yeah. Most people probably won't even realize they're interacting with these things, but to replace sort of that back end of trust with something that can really elevate trust through ironically trustlessness, right, um, was really mind blowing for me. So it was always like, how do we get our clients some exposure to this, you know, not back up the truck to it, but just a little bit, because there's a lot of potential here and it's an opportunity uh, potentially for people to participate in something that historically you know, the average person wouldn't have um, any opportunity to participate in. So, right, uh, going down that vein, we ventured into some of the products that were initially offered, um, not endorsements of them at all or anything, but like the, you know, the exchange traded uh, notes and things from Grayscale. Mm -hmm. But we were always looking for more, right? Like, how do we actually get clients to own these things? Yeah. And so it was early 2021, finally, that, like I had always had my ear to the ground looking for solutions, uh, different technology players. And then we finally found a, a TAMP that allowed us to offer this to our clients in a way where they could actually own these assets and own more than just, you know, the, the major pieces because there's, well, crypto is such a, a spectrum in terms of um, quality and, and opportunity and uh, innovation, right? So mm -hmm. <laughs> it allowed us to really dabble in, in more than just one thing. So we were able to build a really diverse portfolio that we believe provides great exposure for the long term for this space as a whole to sort of capture all the different revolutionary pieces um, and put it together in a product that we could then offer our clients um, for cheaper fees than what was currently available on uh, you know, traditional platforms. No, that's fascinating. And the fact that you began the story with um, two things that merge together, you know, I think that's already uh, a positive thing. Um, maybe you have the merge on your mind. I do. <laughs> um, that's, uh, that's a very healthy thing to be focused on right now. Um, no, I, I just, I really appreciate that. And I love how, um, you know, just sort of the, the circumstances that you got started in, what was ultimately probably, you know, foundational in why this technology has, has exploded the way it has, right? Like we, we are in a season, you know, and this is not like a, you know, a political or social, this is just a season where the, the amount of trust in institutions and in, you know, uh, things like law enforcement, healthcare, the media, like the, we, we are, we are in a declining situation where we just don't naturally trust and believe these things. You know, the days of turning on Walter Cronkite on the news and listening to every word that he says doesn't happen today. That's, that's not a, you know, that that's not meant to be a polarizing or a divisive statement. It's just a, it's just a fact. It's just a reality of where we are. And so I love how you, you took that and connected that to, even though there are certainly declining, you know, uh, perceptions of trust. We, we, we still are in a relational business. This is still a, a people centric business. And, and what the technology allows us to do is to still help these people, but do it in just incredibly efficient ways. You know, I, I remember, you know, thinking and, and, and reading about programmable money and just mm -hmm. 
imagining and dreaming about, I mean, oh my goodness, that this is going to transform what we can do to help people. Because if it's all in a smart contract, I mean, think about the behavioral gaps that we can close for people with just something as simple as a smart contract, very, very basic, unlimited potential. So yeah, I, I, I love, I love hearing navigated this, you know, you you just didn't go occupy wall street after like you, 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 you saw, you know, still the, the benefit and the need. And I think that's that's ultimately where we're trying to get to in the Dow, right? Is yeah. we want to blend the, the 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 true fiduciary standards that people rely on to interact with and to engage and to to help with this technology, right? Like it's it's not one nuking and blowing up the other. It's the the merging of the two because we're still, you know, merging is still on the brain. The, those two things together to to truly help people with with their their planning. Yeah, yeah. And speaking of Occupy Wall Street, that really, for me anyways, helped set some of the foundation of like, wow, our current systems have these built-in fragilities. Uh, yeah. And so how can we make them more resilient and, you know, and really deep diving into this technology of distributed ledgers and blockchains? It's like, wow, here is actually a tool that will enable us to do this um, at scale. I mean, it's still, you know, very much a work in progress. We're still very much at the early stages of this stuff still, but um, it, at least in my opinion, the writing's on the wall. Yeah, no, I agree completely. Um, so you, you saw the opportunity, you, you built some, some tools and things for your business. Um, talk to me a little bit about the actual implementation from an operations standpoint in your business, right? Like we, we, we keep hearing that this is just a very um, it's, it's a very difficult road to, to kind of navigate. And so um, just, just help us understand, or maybe even share just maybe some of the hurdles or the setbacks or just the, the issues that you had to, to, to navigate, walk through, albeit from a compliance standpoint or from just a operational like implementation standpoint, um, Help us walk through maybe some of those things that you dealt with. Sure. So I'll start with, uh, I guess, the compliance standpoint. And for us, actually, that's, and I feel that's more on the easier side of these things because there are several different SEC bulletins out there that really, you know, bullet point out these are the exact things they're looking for for advisors who want to venture into this space. Um, a lot of it carries over to what we do on the traditional side anyway. So from a mental model type of point of view, it was just sort of, here's what we want to do. Let's put it in this framework that we're already doing with all of our current policies and procedures from record keeping to best execution, you know, all the different uh, major uh, compliance points that we do on the traditional side, we'll just do exactly those for the crypto side. That way we figured, you know, we're um, checking all the boxes uh, from the compliance point of view. I mean, this was also done through numerous conversations with uh, attorneys and different compliance consultants to get their opinions on things, how to best approach. Um, But ultimately it came down to, hey, basically copy what we're doing on the traditional side, carry that over to the, the digital asset crypto side and uh, we believe, you know, our guidance anyways, was that that should be sufficient. Um, mm. So what's involved in that too, though, uh, updating all of our documents, right? The ADVs, our privacy policies, um, creating specific investment policy statements for this stre- specific strategy, um, 
and then uh, even updating our uh, discretionary agreements with our clients to um, you know explain these services and we actually also created an additional uh, risk disclosure document too just as mm-hmm. one more piece to make our offering more robust in that sense so it, it, in that light it's really a lot of the things you're currently already doing you can just sort of work crypto into those frameworks yeah no i i, I really appreciate you you highlighting the fact that the, I think when we we all got started, there was this idea that the digital world might, you know, exist in a separate siloed sort of way. And, and maybe for some, you know, crypto native people that that might be true. But for for the majority of people and the majority of advisors, it's it's really the integration of the traditional and the digital. And, you know, like we keep saying merge, you know, it's it's merging those two together. Um, I, I think is is really the the like you were saying, the mental model of saying that. This is this is something new, and there are unique characteristics. But at the end of the day, its its role is to become a piece of a client's financial life, right? It's 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 another investment option. It's another planning tool. It's just another piece that gets blended together and not necessarily lives in its own siloed world outside with its own issues, with its own you know yeah. disclose. Like it's, I, I really appreciate how you you integrated and connected those two things together for your clients. Cause that it's just my opinion that that's where we're all this is headed, right? It's, it's as the technology becomes more and more fading to the background. I mean, everything, every asset should end up on chain, right? Like stocks, real estate, you name it, these things are going to end up on chain. So there is no more digital asset and traditional assets. There's just assets that your clients own. And so, yeah, this is a, a piece of the bigger picture. Right. Yep. Yep. And so the, the 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 sooner we begin to integrate this operationally, the sooner we begin to blend and merge these things together from our client's perspective. I think that we, we we're we're just we're building this bridge sort of as we're crossing it. And and I think that that's um, that's a really helpful distinction. So that if you're getting hung up thinking about this digital siloed world that is is got its own issues, um, you know, there, there may be a, a better better way to think about how you can implement this into your practice. So, so you, you dealt with some of these initial hurdles, you, you got up and running. So was this something, okay, go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah. I was just after, after the compliance piece, you know, those boxes were checked and we felt very comfortable with that. It was onto more of the, like the the actual, okay, so how do we actually do this? And uh, the operations piece. So as a fee only advisor, uh, we went the route of of um, of having a custodian who actually would hold the assets. So it was a long, <laughs> a long, interesting discovery process because there were only a handful of uh, yeah. digital asset custodians out there. Many of them had extremely high minimums. At least when I was looking, you know, they were talking fifty plus million dollars at the time to even get started. And really, we we wanted our product to be open to more retail. Um, or just more access in general, because we do believe that everybody, you know, has access to this asset class. So, you know, we don't want to put undue burdens or um, mm-hmm. access to people who understand this space and put a wallet between the two. So we wanted to make it more open in, in that case. So we had finally found a custodian who uh, had no minimums, and that was great. And then it was like, okay, how do we do the whole create client accounts, have a master account, sub accounts, how how do we best approach that? Um, And that's where uh, through 
bunch more research ran into Vitria, uh, a TAMP or a turnkey asset management platform that sort of, sort of had all of that infrastructure built for us, right? Yep. So that we could sort of tap into that, then they would tap into the custodian and we'd have everything managed in a way that put clean lines between everything. We never have uh, access to client private keys ever. So we as the advisor never have custody, which is you know, great. Check and that then, yeah. right, we have uh, client funds held at a qualified custodian. So one more thing from the compliance yep. side that is checked. Um, so that sort of gave us the back end to have client accounts, to manage strategies, um, all the different pieces from the actual setup to managing, to deploy funding and, and deploying. Uh, we're all taken care of through finding those partners and, and those tech technology pieces. Right. No, that's, that's. And I know today there's there's more options out there than were available at the time. Uh, right now, everybody sort of has a different flavor of it, but it's all uh, from my take, anyways. Uh, generally similar across yep. what's currently available out there so on the customer yeah. side. No, I, I, that's that, that's helpful, and that you. A, I think it's funny because, you know, I think you and I, we've been in the space long enough that we remember when there were like two options, you know, yeah. that <laughs> it was, it was a, uh, it was an interesting Google search because, you know, I, I love, I love looking up new technology. And so, you know, usually That's I tell cool. myself like, okay, I'm going to go at least five pages deep to, to figure out, you know, what all's out there. After the first page, it was like, oh, there's, there, there really is, a, there's a lot of articles now, but I don't see any more actual solutions. So yeah, no. And, and I think that that's, that's something that's, that's still coming, you know, we're, we're still seeing, you know, new opportunities being built. Um, you know, there's, again, we're, we're still so very early and it feels, Absolutely. it feels like we've been in this space for a lifetime, you know, having lived through, you know, some, some different market cycles and dynamics, but it, it is still incredibly early. So I, I One appreciate thing I you. Learned yeah. Really early on in my career too, was that the financial services industry as a whole, moves at a snail's pace, especially when it comes to technology. So we are very much still at the beginning of this here. Uh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. It was, um, I have a, a sister-in-law who works for JP Morgan Chase and, you know, I think they, and I could completely butcher this, but I think they like have an integration with Zelle or one of those like, you know, sort of instant payment things. And I remember her talking like it was basically a revolutionary idea to, you know, be able to, to send money so quickly. And I'm just going like, yeah, no, that's, that, I'm really, that's awesome guys. Like, good job. I think that technology has existed for like a decade, but yeah, yeah at I mean, least. yeah. And, you know, to be fair, like you, you know, these very large institutions, they don't, you know, they're barges, they don't move, they're not nimble. And unfortunately, crypto is maybe the most dynamic thing we've ever seen in our lives. So that's not necessarily a, you know, a, a healthy, easy, I'm sorry, healthy is not the right word, an easy mixing blending of those things. So yeah. yeah. And just, just going down that vein, I mean, for what, 50 plus years, the sort of incumbents in the space, they were the leaders, right? But then uh, technology sort of leapfrogged going forward and you could argue either poor policy or, or poor foresight. Uh, many of these institutions just failed to keep up. Um, and so now uh, it looks like anyways, a lot are playing catch up in this. Space. Yeah. It's funny. I was having this conversation the other day. It, it seems like there's just something natural about becoming titans of an industry. And you just simply don't have the, the, the capabilities to adapt technology. We were talking from a communication standpoint, you know, 
the largest companies in the world did not invent VOIP, voice over internet protocol. They they didn't invent video communication. AT&T and Bell Labs didn't do that. It was outsiders. It was startups. It was people who saw beyond sort of the confinements of the system that they have created and operated for, you know, decades on decades. And it's, I think that's, that's kind of, again, the, the disconnect we're seeing now is the, 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 the players who have, you know, sort of owned and, you know, I, I don't know if shepherd is the right word, but, you know, they, they have controlled this space and they've built the systems, they've built the, you know, the, the layers and it's been there for decades now. I mean, you could argue it's closer to a hundred years old now than it is young and nimble. So th- there's just something natural there that happens. And, you know, hopefully we can still see these two things become, you know, symbiotic and work together um, because they, like you, I think it's inevitable. It's we, we, technology doesn't go backwards. You know, I, I used to, it used to take me four days and $35 to send money to a friend in another country. It takes seconds now. And he's not going to go, you know what? I really enjoyed having, you know, three intermediaries handle, you know, this small financial payment and all that. Like we don't go backwards. Once you've experienced that, you're, you're not going to just say, I, I'm good. I'm good with the legacy systems that, that are in place here. Right. And it really does speak to uh, one of the criticisms I, I hear sometimes around like, okay, well, how is this useful? I mean, there's a million ways that it's useful, but we're, we're coming from this, this, the perspective of one of these incumbent technology-based companies where it's been easy for us, right? But we are not the rest of the world. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and so, right. There's so many efficiencies that can be realized, um, not only with our current system, they might not be as pronounced, uh, but you know, we have the benefit of having strong legal systems and ways to protect our, our money and funds and, and uh, you know, institutions in place to, our, you know, to get arbitration if we need to, whereas many other places in the world don't have those. So yeah. this technology for them is a huge leap forward, uh, more so than maybe for more developed countries, even though it is also, I would argue, a huge leap forward everywhere. Yeah. And that, that, that kind of brings up a a good point. So we, we get asked this a lot, you know, and and I think this can kind of tie into what we were just talking about. You know, why, why are you willing to spend so much time and energy on a very small piece of a client's investment allocation, right? Like we, we don't dive this deep into say oil and gas partnerships, like we don't dive this deep into, you know, uh, biotech research companies, right? Like historically, if we wanted to find some alternative asset classes to complement, you know, a, a, a client's holdings, we would outsource, we would use the ETFs, we'd use a managed fund, we, we would use something. But the truth is like, no one has ever really asked me to explain, you know, the, the depths of like rare earth, you know, mineral, you know, extraction, right? Like they... Either they do want a you know an allocation of precious metals or not, but I don't have to know like all the plumbing and how you know is this blood diamond you know how, so why why do you choose to spend such a you know either a substantial amount of time or a a healthy amount of time on something that is so small? Sure, a few uh, several different reasons. Uh, first is that I find it so fascinating and stimulating with how fast 
that this space moves and evolves and the iterations on technologies is how rapidly it's like speed running everything. So, you know, there's always something new to learn. There's always uh, something exciting happening, some crazy new development and some people really pushing the boundaries on what's possible with, with technology. So just for the intellectually curious, it's like, wow, this is, this is it. This is where it's at. Um, from a more philosophical standpoint, um, and, and this also leads to or leads into um, our traditional business. Uh, my business partner has been in the financial world for 35 years. And when we talk about crypto, she's constantly telling me how similar this space is to the early Internet build out in, you know, like the mid early, early 90s with just like, wow, this is technology that is going to change the world. Um, and right now, this is that same sort of space that we're operating in where it's like, wow, it's been about, you know, 20, 20, 30 years or so. The next cycle is just starting. Um, and that's very exciting. I mean, there's going to be all sorts of, uh, as we've seen in this space, right? Nonsense and <laughs> hacks and all kinds of crazy things happening, but sort of like the Pandora's box has been opened. And so now, you know, this, this huge new wave of innovation and change is, is upon us. Um, there's some really interesting uh, thought experiments out there and some really cool articles. Different people have really thought deeply about this, comparing it to things like the Renaissance, right? Like this is the crypto Renaissance here where uh, the printing press and double book entry accounting really spurred a whole new way for people to coordinate and organize and do business and transact, you know, during the, the Middle Ages. Um, you can almost echo that forward to today where uh, iterations on both the uh, printing press being the internet today, right? A, a way for us to communicate globally in seconds, um, share ideas and spread knowledge. And then double book entry accounting would be like this uh, distributed ledger technology, essentially, that are now allowing us as a global society to organize and coordinate in ways in which we've never been able to before. And so for me, that's like, wow, this is a potential solution to what I personally see as a very uncertain and, um, you know, not to get too negative, but bleak future that really faces us. I mean, we're at a very interesting time in history where there is these, this convergence of all these different crises. Like you mentioned at the beginning, loss of faith in institutions, right? That, that is a huge thing. Um, not, not only that, you have ecological crises that are facing everybody, uh, all these different age, aging, um, aging infrastructure, uh, change, huge changing demographics, this massive shift of wealth from a, um, I'd say, a, a, a non-digital native generation to a digital native uh, group of people, right? So there's these massive forces at play uh, that are, are going on in the background, I'll say, that all sort of lean into what this technology can enable and allow us as, as people to do going forward. So that, yeah. that's really what um, gets me going and gets me very excited because I would argue that a lot of our traditional approaches to things have, um, I mean, they haven't, they haven't failed and like it's all a grand, grand failure, but they've brought us to this point and I would argue they won't sufficiently take us forward in a equitable and sustainable way, right? Yeah. Um, and so that this technology then sort of is that missing piece that says, okay, we can now 
find ways to fix all the externalities that have been created by our um, legacy systems going forward. So. No, I, I, I very much not to be agree. too idealistic, right? I mean, it's, it's no, no, <laughs> not but, you know, to be it's... tested, but it gives me hope. It gives me hope. And that's why right. I keep, you know, putting the energy and effort into learning as much as I can about this space. Absolutely. I, I, I live this weird life between very, very negative, cynical doomsday prepper likes. Yeah. And then yep. these just like <laughs> starry eyed, you know, idealists where, you know, we, we have, we have opportunities with technology to reinvent systems and, you know, ways for us to connect in things we've never dreamed about. And so I, I'm, I'm always, I'm always trying to, to stay balanced between yes, things are, things are bleak. Um, you know, we, we have friends in Europe right now, you know, energy crisis. I mean, there, there are a lot of, of real issues that are impacting and affecting, you know, global growth and these kinds of things. However, comma, but there is just incredible amounts of wealth in the world. And, you know, they, people with resources and assets still are looking for opportunities. They're still looking for places that they can, you know, experience either growth or, you know, stability. And so th there's always opportunity. And I, I think that that's, that's one of the things that, you know, hopefully the planner Dow can kind of maintain in balance is yes, many of us have, have come to this technology through, like you described in the beginning, you know, through experiencing the shortcomings of this traditional system. However, it's not, it's not why we want to just burn it all to the ground and, you know, laugh on its ashes. Like it, there, there is an actual hope and opportunity to take what is there and truly help people. And again, that's hopefully why you're in this business as a fiduciary is because right. you see the the good and the bad and you take it on yourself to help navigate and guide people through it because it is a hot mess right now there yeah. there is there there are issues on the table that we haven't seen in you know 20 30 years i mean i would argue most advisors because you know you don't have the gray hair that i have but there, there's a stopped. lot <laughs> those are just the kids the kids do that yeah. to you um you know, th there are these issues that we have not had to face and deal with in terms of asset allocation. We've not had to see um, interest rates do what they're doing and to see, you know, Fed policy sort of struggle the way they have. I mean, if you if you got into this space since 2008, there's pretty much been a lot of liquidity in the system all the time. And maybe that happens again. Maybe it doesn't. It, there's there's just more on the table. So trying to, to maintain those that that idea that you can shepherd and navigate people through this, this mess that very much hasn't been seen in a very long time is an opportunity for fiduciaries to, to really embrace. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I, and it's not like I, I view crypto as like this end all be all, you know, it's going to save, save everybody and save the world. It's a tool, right? And yep. it's a tool to add to our tool set of, you know, whatever we have to address all the world's problems. Um, but it's a tool that goes a long way in, in helping us achieve much more positive outcomes for everybody instead of more dystopic ones. <laughs> yep. And it's funny, you know, I, like we, we were discussing 
you know, why, why are you willing to spend so much time and energy on something that ultimately for right now is a small allocation piece? You know, I, I have four kids as you know, the listeners know, cause I either a, you've heard them interrupt the show or B, you know, like it's just common knowledge now that my kids are crazy, but my 12 year old is, you know, all into Fortnite and watching him spend in-game currency and watching him interact with his peers is exactly why this digital, you know, completely native experience is not going away. You know, he, Mm -hmm. he, he is teaching his seven-year-old brothers about all these things. And what's scary is how intuitive that seven-year-olds are with technology and turning on your phone and accessing a music playlist and playing it over, you know, your Apple TV, like these kinds of things the seven-year-old can do is incredibly scary. Number one. And then number two, it's their, their understanding and experience of technology and sort of digital currencies are are so completely different from ours. You know, we're, we're the, the AOL generation right now where we knew what it was like for startup and I'm sorry, dial up internet connections. And then all of a sudden the ethernet connection came along and we remember both. We remember that awful sound of what it was like to start, you know, connecting your, your computer via dial up that they're not going to know anything but 5g for the, the rest right. of their lives. Right. I still remember getting uh, the AOL CDs. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I know. I, I you got to hand it to them. They, they made those things and the newspapers look so cool and different. Like, wow, I think this one is, this one looks like an upgrade. We should, we should download this. Um, yeah, no. So I guess Paul, you are as old as I am. That's, that's scary. Um, <laughs> well, we're kind of closing out, um, you know, what encouragement uh, would you give, other advisors who, who are sort of in this space, may, maybe they're they're looking to to adopt, looking to add these kinds of services. Maybe maybe they're doing it, but they're they're operationally they, they haven't figured out the way to to kind of make it profitable. Or maybe even you know again they're 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 hung up on that this is such a small piece right now. What how how would you encourage an advisor? And and maybe that's like five different ways, and you can pick the one you want, but um, help, help our community, uh, continue to, to grow and to, to take more steps forward in this space. Yeah. So it's still early, but there are working options out there. Um, currently I expect over the coming years, there will be many, many more because it just seems natural for all of the markets really to start pivoting towards this technology. Um, so there's options out there. It depends too on an advisor's depth, right? How far down the rabbit hole have they gone? Uh, one of those, you know, it's a little self plug, but one of the services we offer is that we do offer ourselves as to be hired as sub advisors for advisors who want to add a crypto strategy to their plan, but do not, you know, want to do all the research themselves or have the time really to learn an entirely new uh, asset class. Right. They can hire uh, subject matter experts or people who've been in the space for several years now um, to manage that on their behalf if they already use sub-advisors for other pieces of their portfolio. It's actually very similar to think about in um, like adding alternatives or the entire alternatives uh, asset class to, to a client's portfolio and how you approach that. Think of crypto as an alternative in that way. Um, so solutions exist. There are people out there who get it, who aren't just you know spewing nonsense. <laughs> Um, and Planner DAO is a phenomenal resource uh, to find those people. 
No, I, I appreciate that. And to, to your point, it's, we, we try to encourage people to just, just get started, get started with your own personal stuff, get started with some friends and family, just Absolutely. take a baby step. And, and, and even to your, you know, your point in your story, you know, it, it's okay to start with something that is outsourced, something that is um, simple that you don't have to, to, to navigate on yourself. You know, we, we did the same thing. Like when we got started, it was, it was a grayscale trust, you know, kind of a, an option that we knew wasn't ideal. You know, I mean, they didn't have the fee structure that we liked and it wasn't, you know, true ownership of the asset that we liked, but it was a way to get started. And right. you, you have to view this as the ultimate goal, you know, hopefully why you're here is this transformative technology is going to start impacting more and more things. You want to be out in front of it and helping your clients understand the changes that are happening and the opportunities that are there. And so you don't have to, to manage your own, you know, list of, of coins and projects in this, you know, incredibly vast space of, you know, I mean, think how much DeFi has changed from just, you know, being a couple protocols to now being hundreds and same thing with right. NFTs and gaming. And it goes mm-hmm. on and on and on because, you know, Crypto's had this Cambrian explosion and there's just thousands of opportunities. Sometimes that that's, you know, that's a little unnerving. And so get started, mm-hmm. get started. It can definitely simply. be overwhelming. That's for sure. But this, but it's sort of down the same vein as um, uh, like, how do you add private equity to your client's portfolio or specific types of real estate or any of the other different things in the alt space, right? Crypto is one more thing to add to that box, uh, but it probably should be. and there are there's a lot of helpful money managers out there who can take that off of you they're on these qualified custodian platforms so that again you you can get started and have other people helping you with things like custody and billing and money management these solutions are now more integrated than they were you know even two years ago which is again two years feels like a lifetime in this space but you know, it's, it's still all very early. So, um, you know, we're, we're going to include Paul's information in the show notes, please reach out to, to him and Willow Crypto. If you have any questions, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm speaking for you now, Paul, but you know, Paul will ha- help you with everything in your life is, is where this yeah. ends up. <laughs> yeah. I love this stuff. Um, I love talking about it. Education is so crucial because the information gap here is just so wide and information asymmetry is just so rampant in this space where, uh, which makes sense though. I mean, it's, it's a new complex technology. This, you know, when you start getting into the depths of like zero knowledge proofs and all the nuances <laughs> of all these different aspects and pieces, it can be extremely overwhelming. So um, I can help navigate that. I've, you know, sort of, I, I joke, I dove down the rabbit hole in uh, 2016 and have yet to come back up for air. I just keep going <laughs> deeper, deeper. So I'd uh, love to talk about it. Would be happy to, you know, uh, bounce ideas around or, or share my experience and my journey with, with anyone who's interested. Yeah. And that honestly is, is one of the things I appreciate about you most, Paul, is, you know, you are just another example of the kind of people that the Planner DAO has somehow managed to attract. And that is, we, we are a very open, collaborative, generous, patient, kind community that we, we're all we're all growing and learning together, you know, and even though you've been in the space for a while, you, you don't 
you don't tout yourself as some expert. You you simply are are here in the space, and you're you're very gracious and willing to share with your time. So, um, again, we we I don't even know how we managed to do this, but we did. And so, um, again, please reach out to Paul if you have any questions. Willow Crypto is an excellent resource to help you if you're looking for ways to get started. They can help you do it. Awesome. Yes, please do. Thanks cool. so much for having me, Justin. This has been great. Thanks. Yeah, really appreciate it, Paul. Good having this first conversation. Hopefully we have more in the future. Um, that's going to do it for the Crypto for Planners podcast, the most interesting CFP in the world. Stay crypto, my friends. Mm-hmm.